Amanda Holmes here, CEO of Chet Homes International. This week we have a great podcast. I actually pulled out from one of our trainings that we did for the Dream 100 Bootcamp. It was a room full of CEOs and Bob came in to train on cold calling. Majority of people don't like cold calling, so he calls it gold calling. And the whole room stayed for an additional hour. They loved what he said so much. So we pulled that piece out and we're giving you a clip of it so that you can learn how to generate more sales using the phone because it is working if you know how to do it right. He'll give you a quick win on what you can do immediately to help you generate more sales from the phone and a lot of great stories along the way. He used to be a part of our business many years ago in the BBI days. He trained with the best, learned the concepts from my father and then went off on his own for several years and paired up with David Asarno and now they've come back and we've partnered again to assist clients to deploy their Dream 100 strategy, to deploy their core story into automation sequences and websites and funnels and sales training. So you'll love him. I love him. He's so fantastic. I'm sitting out here, just gave a keynote at an event, but I wanted to make sure that you got this introduction to Bob's piece. So without further ado, I'll give you Bob Sears. Becoming a master is not about doing 4,000 things, it's about doing 12 things 4,000 times. The Ultimate Sales Machine presents the CEO Mastery Show for entrepreneurs looking to grow faster, better, smarter. If you would like to have a profound breakthrough in your business, talk to our team live by visiting chetholmes.com forward slash breakthrough. Good advice is contextual. Get your answers at chetholmes.com forward slash breakthrough. So as we already started talking about, words are powerful, right? So I call it gold calling. I want to change the frame. And I'm also, it's really digging for gold. I want the sales. When you say cold calling, how many people are so excited about cold calling? Nobody on the entire planet, including me. <laughs> it's not exactly where I get totally excited. But when you flip this, I'm going to show you when you use this in combination with a core story, right? And best buyer strategy or dream 100, how this really can be a powerful tool. Okay. I'm um, so happy you guys are here. I'm so excited. Uh, the funny part, as I kind of indicated to you, usually I'm sharing this with people to look to call into CEOs. So that's the normal, right? Um, so, and normally this is a minimum of three hour training. Okay. So for the next six hours, just seeing if you're paying attention for the next three hour, I'm actually going to explain how you guys can really use this, but I'm going to go through not only the strategies, but I'm going to go through the psychological overview of how goal calling works along with the sales strategies. When you deploy this, um, it's really going to have an impact. I'm going to explain that as we go. Um, but first, can I kind of provoke you guys a little bit? Is it okay? Like, can I be really raw and authentic and tell you how it is? Not what you want to hear. Is that okay? Is everybody good with that? Say yes. Everybody always says yes, and then I start going, and they're like, you really? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Awesome. All right. So See. you guys are all successful people on the call, right? And still, there are people that are more successful than you that are less experienced, right? And they make more money. Things come easier to them. And just it happens for them. Does, does everybody agree with that? Is that true? Yes. Right? Yes. So. Yes. There are also some people who are even less intelligent than you, and they're doing great. Like when I said that, you had a picture of your neighbor, a friend, someone that you're like, how is it he or she is doing better than I am? I don't get it because you went drinking with them on Saturday and you're like, it blew your mind away. Like you're like, I don't, I don't understand. 
right? How they're getting the success. And the funny part is it even gets worse because there are actually some people that work less than you. So here's the funny part. There are inexperienced, unintelligent, lazy people, and they're getting better results than you. Who's mad about that? I was. <laughs> so I was like, I started analyzing, why is that happening? So there's a something, there's a difference. And I really started thinking about what's the difference between really the most successful people on the planet, right? What's the difference? Because you guys all agree that there are people working less, getting what they want. They're, they're not working any harder than we are and they're doing something. And I started becoming the salesman of that something. And I'm about to share with you what's going to give you the unfair advantage up until now that they've had. Um, and just in case I'm not crazy, which some people may say I am, <laughs> just in case I'm right. And just in case this works, who's be interested in learning about that? Cause that's what I'm going to share with you tonight. Um, before I do that, I know, um, Amanda gave you a little bit of background. Told you I was in the flight. I actually flew this L39 on Ocean Island, North Carolina, pulled five and a half G's, 180 degrees. I was just about to pass out. And luckily he came out of that because if you've ever pulled five and a half G's, it is a very interesting <laughs> process. Um, but this was the a cool time. But really what changed the game for me is meeting these two gentlemen, right? Like the really working for Business Breakthroughs International. I answered the ad, superstars only. Don't even imply unless you're an overachiever and can prove it. We don't hire backgrounds. We hire top producers, young or old. If you have this stuff, we'll know, right? And it completely changed my life because when I got out of that, before Dave and I really started working together, I started traveling all around the world teaching sales strategy and working with some fairly big clients. Um, and they used to have me go all around the world. Now, the irony of that was they would go, hey, you're going to Bucharest. I'm not really good in geography. So I was like, Google was my best friend. I'm like, Bucharest, where's Bucharest? Um, and then they would go, hey, you're going to um, Rotterdam. I'm like, great, Rotterdam. I didn't know where Rotterdam was. Then I actually got a, an invitation to speak on success resources stages. Um, it's kind of cool. They give you their own little poster when you do that. Um, I ended up speaking to Russia. We had a client, um, one of the largest, I think they did 10 million a year in, um, oh uh, gosh, what was the company? They did, they did landscaping, a landscaping company. So $10 million. And then the guy who set us up with it said, Hey, can you speak on Saturday? And I said, on what? He goes on what you normally speak on. So there was 2000 people. This was like a Tony Robbins event, jumping up and down. Now think about it. They're about 10 to 15 years behind us in Russia when it comes to entrepreneurship, but they were so excited. There was another 8,000 simulcast. Um, it was an awesome trip. And then you might've met this guy, Dave, and Dave and I came together just recently, about four years ago now, I guess, recently, we've known each other for 13 years. Um, I'm going to tell you a little secret. I was the first COVID patient on Necker Island. So I he told it, he best, told it. Best COVID story ever, but <laughs> yeah, David shared time. it. Oh, oh but you have pictures. Oh, yeah, he did. Pictures. Still in your he is the coolest. He brought me books, right? I, he, and he gave me the books. I actually got autographed books to Richard Branson were given to me because the author didn't know I was going to get them, but he said, yeah, yeah, keep them. I said, you sure you don't want them back? He's like, no. He was so gracious, so kind. It was such a great event. Um, and then the only reason you really become a speaker and a trainer is so you can share, you know, pictures of your children and, and your family. So that's my son, my daughter, and my beautiful wife, Maria. Um, and that's really what the drive to do this. And, and I hope you all have a huge why. 
Uh, I think I saw someone, I think Troy, you had your son in the background or, and, and it's so great when we do what we do. There he is. <laughs> he was behind the, the green screen, but uh, it's, it's so fun when you get to do this and share your life and, and kind of work in something that you're passionate about and share it with the people that you care about. So really cool. So I wanted to start, like I said, when Amanda said, Hey, you're going to be talking to CEOs and I want to use this, build it, model it. Or learn, learn it, it, build it, use it. Yes. Yeah. Teach so something, let's build it and then let's utilize yeah. it. Yes. But then, and it's funny because when I, you ask the question, are some people going to use this? It actually is interesting because we can actually do some, some, um, role-playing if, if we get time to do that, but I'm going to show a lot of different things. And then we're going to go right into really how to use goal calling and really how to deploy this. But my first question for everybody is as CEOs, what do you feel when a salesperson calls you? Like, give me some, like, you know, you, cause you got your gatekeeper who's like literally <laughs> keeping everybody at bay. Oh, by the way, realize there's some people in that group that could actually give value to you guys. So it's really, how do you evaluate a salesperson when they actually get through? What are some of your thoughts and what do you feel when a salesperson calls you? What are you looking for? This is the interactive part of the show. <laughs> I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite happy to have a listen and, and know they've got to make money and there may be some value in it for me. And also rather perversely, I'm also watching for technique, figuring I might learn something as well. I love that. Um, but the big thing for me is, will they listen and do they attempt to create rapport or will they just go through a script that they're going to get through no matter what? Perfect. Love that. Um, anybody else care to share? Frank had said, waste of my time. You have 30 seconds. Yeah. And that happens. And I, and I get that. So what are they saying? And we're going to go over some of that. Um, I got one more question. How do you want your salespeople to show up? Because that's the real question. See, it's how they show up. Um, when, when you go through the process of what I'm going to show you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but really what you're looking for, you talked about <clears throat> listening, rapport, technique, the value they, they present, right? One of the things Dave and I teach all the salespeople we work with, <clears throat> excuse me, is certainty. You want them to know that they know that they know that they can create value for you, right? And you want them to be certain when they, when they speak to you that they're creating a value proposition. Would you guys all agree? Yes. And then the yeah. other thing you want is consistency. So we're going to show you, I'm going to show you like how we do that with those through going through the voicemails. Like I'm going to go through the voicemails. I'm going to go through the scripting. I'm going to show you how you position that, why it's positioning. And that's going to really be what we're going to do over the next um, little bit, because I need you to guys to understand the process of sales in a way that every time I teach this, people go, I've never heard anybody really position it this way before. Um, and I've had people that have like just gone through every sales training and they're like, I've never really seen it positioned the way you position it. Okay. So I'm going to go through that just so you guys really get some, some value. And then we can transition into the, the back end of this. Oh, by the way, um, a cool little thing that happened to me was one of my clients using one of my strategies. Um, actually I'll share with you, I think, if you guys are excited to know, but they went from 1.2 to $2.2 million in 24 hours. So if you guys want to hear about that, I'll leave an open loop here 
<laughs> and if we get really excited and go through the process, I'll share that with you a little bit later. Oh, right. open loop. Oh, I love that one. So, and, and it's such a great story, by the way, you're going to love it. Um, so how many people, I'm going to ask this question, how many people love sales? Now, I know you guys love it when it hits the revenue line, line but I mean, as you, for yourself, like it's funny because Jason just mentioned, I listen, I want technique, like not everybody does that, right? I mean, when we think of sales, how many people just jump out of their chair and go, yes, I can't wait to do gold calling, right? Not all of you are probably in that boat, right? right. right. So, and this is why. <laughs> this is who everybody pictures. And I'm going to tell you something, and I don't want you to tell anybody, but I really sucked at sales before I went to Business Breakthroughs International. I didn't really know how bad I was until I had a contrast of what was really good. Okay? I tell everybody that. Like, I literally have been all over the world teaching this stuff. And when I, before I went to Tony and Chet and really was working with Business Breakthroughs, there was such a development in such a short period of time. And I remember going, oh my God, I am horrible. And I said, that's never going to happen again. And I completely changed the frame of what I believed this was to what it really is. And the challenge with sales is everybody pictures this used car type of guy selling. And here was the difference. And this is actually what I've been teaching probably now for going on 12, 13 years is moral obligation selling helping clients through a threshold of making an informed decision in their own best interest. Now I say that again, helping clients through the threshold of making an informed decision in their own best interest. What does that mean? So one of the things that I'm going to teach you in a little bit psychology wise is I do a lot of takeaways. So like I start things with like, this may not be for you because I want to be the first one. If I actually go through the discovery call, the information call, the value call, and I go, you know, John, this really isn't for you. Like, there's not a good fit. I don't think we can create the value proposition that I thought we could for you. So frankly, I think it, it's not best that we move forward. By the way, ironically, when you're really super honest and raw and authentic with people and you actually mean it, guess what happens? They're like, no, 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 I want to do it. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. You really shouldn't do this. And, I'm ex and I have to explain why, right? The value proposition is going to work for them. It's kind of ironic. And I'm going to go through that psychology in a little bit. But, and here's why, if I do a really good job throughout the process of the sales cycle and I give them a tremendous value and I really recognize that the value proposition isn't there and I'm the one, like Jay Abraham talks about, is really being like, hey, I wanna be the person who's responsible for them. And I say, this isn't a good fit for you. I can ask for a referral on a no. This is an optimization point. So it doesn't take any more time, effort, and energy if I say, hey, listen, John, this really isn't for you. Here's why, blah, 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 blah. But listen, now that you know who we are, what we do, how we really care about our clients, hey, is there anybody you know that I could work with in the future? Is there anybody that you can think of right now that maybe this would be a fit for? So actually creating a leverage point on a no doesn't take any more time, effort, and energy. And you may ask 100 people and no one gives you one, but you might get one that's the biggest client you've ever had. So wow. think about that. So that's time. Yeah. By the way, I changed ABC from always be closing to really always be caring about the, caring about the client. Mm. That's the key concept. And, and really how you're, you get your salespeople, especially in goal calling, to really 
you all here have awesome products and services that you offer, correct? And you know that the client's life is going to be better if they have them in their world. By the way, and, and I'll share this with Amanda, she doesn't know this, but this is where the flip came for me. I knew that I knew that I knew if that someone didn't sign up with business breakthroughs after I had analyzed their business and went through the script and kind of learned what they were doing, I knew that they were going to be worse off without us. And that made me so passionate in caring for them. It was never about me. In fact, if you listen to some of my recordings, which is kind of funny, I literally would say things like if I really couldn't push them forward, I'd say, I'm screwing this up for you. Let me get another salesperson. And you're like, what? Because <laughs> I cared, because I they knew I cared about them. It wasn't about me. And when your salesperson can disconnect from the outcome, and this is the secret, is caring about the client and really caring about them and not caring if they move forward or not. That disconnection with really a, um, a high rapport and being very raw and authentic with them, they it just blows their mind away. And when, when I teach this and I actually have my clients use this, they're like, oh my gosh, this works like gangbusters, like me not caring. Because remember, when you're in high resonance with somebody, they actually feel what you're feeling. So if you're, so you get in high rapport to build because you want to help them. But then once you start thinking, oh, good, I'm going to close them, right? What do you think they're thinking? Oh, he's just doing it to close me. So it's a very fine line. And you have to understand that you actually resonate back and forth. So we're going to get into that. Um, but really the key here is to be raw, real, and authentic, right? We're all human beings. Be attentive. That's another part of this is really being attentive, listening. Listening is, everybody always asks me, what's the most important thing in sales? I'm like, listening skills. And it throws everybody off because they're like, it's not speaking. I'm like, no. The only way you know what to say is when you listen to the client. I was hot seating someone today and I said, you missed an opportunity. They were fearful there. They didn't say it, but what they did say led me to believe that. Did you feel that emotion? Did you, did you talk to them about that? He's like, no, I didn't. I said, you missed an opportunity. You've got to listen more. And he was like, and you can actually sense and feel where clients are, okay? And then you're going to be emotional. And when you layer this strategy in with passion, right, about the product and service you're delivering, and you, you combine it with a core story, right, the core story, the elements of the core story and the Dream 100, oh, my gosh, you, you, have, you have the ability to deploy this at a level that most people can't even think about. Okay. Now, one of the things I told Amanda, the biggest challenge with gold calling is people have what I call call reluctance. For some reason, this phone that they could be on almost every minute of the day, when they go to make gold calls, it becomes 350 pounds and they don't want to pick it up. It's called call reluctance. They're scared. And here's what it's about. They're scared to call out to people and they're concerned about the opinions of people that they never met. They never met them. And yet it's a concern. So there's a strategy to help your salespeople deal with this. And this is a picture of my family. And what I tell the clients I work with, I said, I want you to take a picture of your family and I want you to keep it by your desk at all times. And here's why. I tell them when they have that picture in front of them and when they're concerned about making a gold call, right? And this challenge arises, by the way, how many people know this is real? 
have salespeople making cold calls and you're looking at the numbers, you're like, why aren't like they got an old, a whole day and they're making like 15 calls. Like what's up with that? That's call reluctance. So what I tell them is you want to look at the picture of your family and you want to say the person I was about to call that would have produced money stability for us. His opinion of me and my fear are more important than my family at this moment in time. That is why I'm not picking up the phone, phone and doing what I need to, to provide for you. And you see how that actually does a total perspective switch because who here, their big why is their family. Can you imagine doing that? But do you know how many salespeople will not pick up the phone because they're, they're concerned of the opinions of someone that they've never, ever, ever met in their entire life? That's what call reluctance is, folks. And I've never actually seen a strategy beyond this that actually breaks them through that almost instantaneously because they don't have, I, I, I'm not going to do the why. I, there's a certain way I teach how to get to your why, but just understand when you understand that it, most of it's family-based, that'll do it. So I highly recommend you, you have your salespeople put a phone or put a picture of their family in front of them and share that with them because it really does change the game almost instantaneously. I'm going to go through, and you guys are all pretty acclimated with this because this is out of the Chet playbook. <laughs> and I'm telling you, but it's really important because if you're looking for salespeople, I want to explain why this is so important. Most salespeople have empathy. They care about your clients. They do. They, 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 that's, they're empathy-driven. It's actually one of the reasons why, you know, if you analyze sales from the beginning of time, what's the biggest gap that salespeople have? They don't ask for the close, Right. There's a reason it's again called reluctance. It's because they don't have the ego strength, not on ego, I'm better than anybody else, but they can handle the rejection. Now, what happens is I want to do the flip. Remember the guy that I showed you, the sales guy, that the used car sales guy? You know, the guy that can close like a freight train? If you have one of those, guess what the problem is? They're not connecting, they don't have empathy. So there's, so there's two challenges, right? So the way this worked for me, I had empathy, but I was scared to close because I didn't have the rejection armor. Most people have ego drive. Most of your salespeople have ego drive either way. What you need to balance is the empathy and the ego strength. And here's the, here's the way you make this work because I've worked with a lot of different sales teams. And so if they have empathy, you know what changed it for me? I knew I cared about my clients so bad that I was willing to take the rejection to make sure that they got what they needed. And when I understood it was about caring for them, closing was about caring for them. Oh my God, it changed the game. Then I closed like a freight train, which is why I became one of the top uh, salespeople right from the beginning, right? That's why I realized I sucked so bad previously. <laughs> then ego strength. Now you guys might have people who close like a freight train, but they're not connecting. So you know what my conversation is with them? You're awesome. You do really well. But if you really want to close, do you want to close like... At, at an optimum level and they all go yeah i go then care about the damn client like you've got to you've got to become a caring individual because you're not caring enough about them for them to move forward and when they realize it's tied into closing which is what they're all about guess what happens magic right the other pieces of this you know they need to have market knowledge training constant training i don't know if anybody knows this but bbi we trained two times a week was mandatory Monday and Wednesday. I still remember this Tuesday was the got a minute meeting. If you guys aren't doing got a minute meetings, look those up. 
And then we actually had two that were not mandatory. But here's the irony. All the top people were on those calls. And I learned more about sales. The other thing I want you to understand when it comes to salespeople and the psychology of what they do and where they spend most of their time, there's two things you need for every sale. And no one brings this up. You need to have someone who's interested and qualified. What happens with salespeople is they find someone who's interested and they're so dang happy that they'll spend a freaking day with them. And then they'll be like, what do you mean you're broke? Like, and I'm like, what are you doing? You need to find out when they're interested, are they qualified? And then it's funny because some people have millions of dollars, right? They're clearly qualified, but they're not interested. And it's funny how we spend too much time, effort, energy. Now, Dave and I have the same philosophy, like Chet did that, you know, we got a little bit of pig-headed discipline and no is not now, but don't spend time, effort, energy with someone who's not now. Understand that you're going to reconnect with them at a different time and make sure when they're interested, you're there, not spending time, effort, energy with them when they're not, okay? I know it seems like a simple thing, but I see this happen in every sales team I work with. And this actually, this came up in a training I did today with some sales team. They go, oh my God, I started realizing I'm spending time with people who are not qualified and it's burning my time that I could be spending time that we're both interested and qualified. Subscribe for more videos. Claim your free chapter four of The Ultimate Sales Machine. This chapter helps you get nine times more impact from every move you make. Visit ultimatesalesmachine.com. This has been the CEO Mastery Podcast, brought to you by The Ultimate Sales Machine.